Pace Line is produced by the Cycling Independent with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. From the Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my host, John Lewis. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. Uh, I'm back home again. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) I took the boys on a vacation to Seattle. Yeah. Did they love it? Um, Yeah. I mean, that's the short, easy answer. The amazing answer is the night before we left to, to drive back home, my youngest, Matthew, the deuce, looked up at me and said, this is pretty much the best vacation ever. Oh, wow. I, I mean, like, you know, dad pride out the window, man, this, <laughs> you know, and, and through the roof and wow. Uh, yeah, there was a pretty fair amount of mountain biking. Matthew fell a lot um, that he still liked the vacation, despite all the time he spent on the ground (laughs) is a bigger win than I can describe. Uh, But yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was a great time. And uh, Boston, are we as hot and muggy? I haven't checked the weather. Is it as hot hot and muggy? I'm so sorry. It's it's hot and muggy. Uh, I, I, um, I am, currently entertaining a the the worst saddle sore i've ever had in my life oh yeah i'm on the i'm on the right side of it now uh-huh. <laughs> uh i wrote a little comedy piece about it that's on the site today yesterday what will be yesterday by the time people are hearing this <laughs> um yeah but i quite out of nowhere Um, and it's never out of nowhere. There is always a causal chain, but, uh, yeah, this one, uh, if you'll excuse the term blindsided me. (laughs) Well, it's hard to see down there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I've been off the bike for a week now and it's really frustrating, but it is also extremely hot and humid, at least for us. I grew up in Alabama where they invented hot and humid. Right. So, uh, it's not that, but it, for what we get here, it's thick and gross. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the Gulf coast, uh, I mean, I've been to Jamaica, Mm. uh, you know, in May, in May, Mm. uh, and I've been to Hawaii in the high Mm. season. Um, Mm. the Gulf coast does muggy like no one else. It is. It does. It does. I was saying to my mother uh, just yesterday, uh, as I escorted her to an appointment, that um, the current weather reminds me a lot of walking out the back door of our house in Mobile, Alabama at like 7 a.m. and hearing the buzz of the cicadas and the and the humidity just 
drenching just you, dropping on you like a mm-hmm. like a blanket, and you and thinking at seven a.m. Ah, oh, well, there goes today. You know, just like <laughs> just like the day had no chance from the start. Yeah, I remember once walking out of the bike shop where I was the assistant manager one day to go get lunch for everybody. Uh, and the distance from the door of the shop to my car was, I don't know, 30 feet. It was not a lot. It was mm. a little strip mall parking lot. And I was parked on the far side. By the time I was putting my key in the door of my car, cause it was that sort of car. It's been that long. Yep. I was already sweating. Yeah. I'd gone from an air conditioned building and in 30 feet I was sweating. Yeah. Yeah. People wonder why I haven't moved back to Memphis. I mean, I will say that there's a lot of people who really like the, the hot. They I, like it. Yeah, it, hot has its charms. I disagree, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people, I understand that a lot of people do like it. Well, when you pull the humidity out, it's a very different game. Still don't care for it. But, okay, okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That's me. I get it. The, but uh, the, the big thing to remember is humidity Always bad. When it's cold, <laughs> humidity, bad. When it's yeah. hot, yep. humidity, bad. On a perfectly yeah. reasonable day, it would still be nicer if there was no humidity. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll but, make some phone calls. I'll see what we can do about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if anything was ever an argument for a bike ride. Yeah. yeah. Just to get the air moving over you. That's right. Speaking of bike rides. Yeah. Should we talk about bikes? Yeah. All right. Uh, This week, we have a suggestion from listener John in Michigan, our shadow producer. And there I'm using the term, the the British term shadow, like they do in Parliament, where the minority (laughs) party gets to appoint cabinet ministers also, just ones that lurk in the shadows, apparently. (laughs) So you're like the shadow labor secretary. Oh, okay. Um, John's our shadow producer. I like this. Anyway. John said, uh, why do I care about going faster? I'm 53 and have never been fast. Can relate. I like riding gravel at 14 to 15 miles per hour for 60 miles. I love my, quote, endurance road bike. And yet, I am test riding an aluminum specialized LA Monday to see if I can keep up with the fast kids on the group ride. Why? Why do we care about fast? So, <laughs> before I get all weird and obscure, which is what I seem to do on this this podcast, let me say something very clear about John to John, something he might already know, but something he, he might need to hear anyway, and that is, John is actually fast. Yes, modesty aside, 14, 15 miles an hour on gravel for 60 miles, um, you are not the pokey kid. No, no, no. You're fast. Yeah. And if you can do that at 53 years of age, you know, um, put your head down, keep those pedals moving and quit bothering me, kid. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> go ahead and put your, uh, pat yourself on the back when you, I mean, do that down. too. Yeah. Do that too. Um, so the, now I'll get obscure briefly. <laughs> Einstein taught us (laughs) that everything is relative. 
Mm -hmm. Literally, nothing has any characteristics except in relation to other things. That's that's mm -hmm. what Einstein told us. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be a thousand percent clear that John is fast, but it's possible that he's measuring himself relative to the wrong other objects. Ah, uh-huh. Uh -huh. See what I'm doing there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relativity. Okay. Without with that out of the way, incidentally, John, you're welcome. Let's dig into why do we care about fast? That's his question. I believe there are two fundamental reasons. One, which is very good, and one, which is sort of lame, but entirely understandable. The first reason is that fast is fun. Mm -hmm. Full stop. I'm, I'm, there's a dramatic pause here because I said full stop, and then I was going to start talking again, and that, that just <laughs> <laughs> puts the lie to full stop. Anyway, uh, fast lit us up when we first started riding, and it continues to do that magic trick, right? We could go deeper into the why. For example, speed is one of the factors that narrows your focus on your way to a flow state. Bingo. So that fast becomes an ingredient in the literal neurochemical high of riding bikes. But let's leave that aside. Fast is fun. We can agree on this. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. The second reason, the less great one, is that fast is quantifiable. It lets us measure and put a number on what we've done. And then we can use that number to either build our egos or flagellate ourselves in service of working harder to be good enough to go on feeling minimally worthy. Sad trombone sound. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> we all have an ego that leads us to do things for the wrong reasons. I'd say keeping up with the fast kids can be fun, or it can be an ego trip. Which one it is matters, because riding a bike should be, in my admittedly only partially formed opinion, about joy. If not in, in the here and now, then certainly eventually, right? Like you... You're either you're either working hard to realize some joy later mm -hmm. in speed, which is fun, or you just like it right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and both of those things are OK. Um, if you're doing it because you don't feel worthy or if you're not as fast as someone 15 years, you're younger, that's not good enough for you. And look, I completely relate. When I said before that these things were entirely understandable, I, I understand because I am 50 and I am not as fast as I was and I was never fast. So, you know, keeping up with folks is um, it is it's that ego thing. And I like to I like to say to myself when I find when I find myself. Oh, that's terrible. I like to say <laughs> to me when I find me there. uh it's okay, John. It's okay. You are where you are, and you can do what you can do, and you should have the fun that you can have. I, that's what I try to do, but I get it. I get that urge to hang on to faster people. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, our friend John is a thoughtful guy. We know this. And so I have faith uh, that he's going about things the right way and turning these questions over for the right reasons. What I've just given is a pretty simplified answer to a wide open question. Uh, but brevity is the soul of wit, right? Ah, uh, Willie the Shake. Yes. Hamlet. Act yeah. 
act something, seen something. I don't know. <laughs> what What would you add to what I said? I, you know, all I'd want to do is reemphasize the very points that you've already made. Um, yeah. You know, when we do a bunch of rides that say 14, 15 miles an hour, and then we go out and jump in a group ride that maybe takes us up to 23, 25, that change in perception of speed of the world zooming by. Yeah, that's a key ingredient in entering flow. And even if you don't enter flow, there's simply the fact that having the world zoom by at greater speed, it's thrilling. It's mm. a good time. If you're a cyclist, you've liked speed from the outset. Mm. Uh, so, you know, we know a little bit about what makes these people tick. Uh, you know, and as far as like keeping up the, with the quote unquote fast kids, oh, who's to say, John, is it one of the fast kids? Well, he's somebody's we, fast kid. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're we're taking a hard look at this modesty here. Um there's so much to be said for going out and having a good time with your friends. Um, at the point that I was no longer racing, but was still pretty quick, but wasn't training with the sort of, uh, monastic suffering that was going to be good for me, uh, <laughs> to do races. Um, the thing that I would say to my friends was, you know, I just, I want to be there long enough to see the last attack go. I'm not going to be able to respond to it. And I may very well get dropped when that last attack goes, but I just want to be around to see the last attack. And I think I was saying something truer about the human condition than I may have understood at the time. Mm. There's, there's a lot of fun in doing group rides and you know, there, there are, you can do the same loop a thousand times with the same bunch of people. And every one of those rides is different. Yeah. Talk about a great way to rejuvenate your riding and keep it fresh and keep you excited about this sport that we so love. Um, buy the LA, John, buy the LA, <laughs> go out with the fast kids. Well, you know, that, that is, that's, that's the flip side. I mean, part of my advice is be happy with yourself and let go of this idea. The other part of my advice would be ride the lightning, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I know this to be true of you because of the number of times you've said it to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he's on the right track and I, I think he should uh, keep asking questions, but that one he can let go of and tackle other interesting stuff. I mean, what I know about John and it's limited, we've never had a, 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 a conversation uh, we've mm -hmm. only had uh, some limited correspondence, but what I know is that he, everything we've just said, he already knows, uh, <laughs> and that he's just putting the ball on the tee for us, uh, which I appreciate. Um, but I would love to hear back about whether the LA John, if you're out there, uh, if that gets purchased or not and what color, because that's, I'm interested in that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, new bike time. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Very cool. Alrighty, uh, we're going to take a break and we will be back in just a minute. This podcast is brought to you by Shimano. I remember getting my first real road bike uh, in the middle 90s and the guy selling it to me 
uh, his main pitch was that of all the bikes in my price range, this was the only one that had Shimano Ultegra components on it. And it was, I guess I wasn't really, I wasn't a, a heavy I was a bike nerd, but I wasn't a gear guy at that point. And so I was kind of, this was my first introduction to the idea that Ultegra was somehow this gold standard in road components. And I kind of, you know, I'm a cynical guy. I'm a skeptical guy. And I, I sort of dismissed that out of hand. And then I rode the other bikes and I was like, oh no, I get exactly what that means. And it, it, it's never stopped meaning that. I've had so many Ultegra bikes uh, since then, and it's it really means something over a period of 25 years or, or whatever. Uh, it's more now. It's more like 30 to have made something that is the gold standard. Um, and so that's part of the reason we're proud to have them as a sponsor for the podcast. OK, we're back with the pace line, the podcast on two wheels. Time for your poll. What do you got? So like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm just back from vacation with my boys. We did a fair amount of riding, which is to say three days out of five, there were four days in there spent driving. Uh, we, we did definitely spend more driving time than I'd like, but Washington State isn't quite around the corner. They made those uh, Western states big. They're not like New England, where you can no. be in five of them in an afternoon. Yeah, yeah, that is that is very true. Uh, so I'm going to address a listener slash reader question that has recurred over the years, and that is how to get your kids riding. Oh, please. I'm feeling more qualified than ever to address this question, um, not because of my successes, but because of my setbacks. My boys love playing games on their tablets. It's mostly Roblox for the tech savvy parents out there, uh, or at least the tech literate. Um, getting them off their tablets uh, is difficult. Um, uh, sometimes even Pop Rocks isn't enough. <laughs> uh, my first suggestion on the score is one that is unlikely to apply to our listeners, and that is to ride with your kids. Don't just try to send them out to ride. Go ride with them. Show them places you think are cool, places that are special to you. Uh, I, uh, I have been a tour guide in the past, um, and so I still have um, a, a few of those genes in me somewhere. And uh, I do enjoy pointing out stuff to my boys and saying, hey, you know, I've I've done this there and I've done that there. Um, Big Ben you know, on the left, kids. Parliament. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my second one is to make sure that your kids have a good quality bike. I learned many years ago that when someone really enjoys their bike, they ride it more. Yep. Working in a bike shop, I counseled my customers to take test rides on progressively more expensive bikes. Back then, that often meant bikes that went for $800, $1,000, and $1,500. I told them that when they reached the bike that didn't seem any better than the last one, then buy the last one. <laughs> um, that, that inability to appreciate the improvement, you know, would only come after a bunch of miles at the point that people start thinking about wanting to upgrade because they're into it. But if you can tell 
the difference between two bikes, you can, when you can notice, Oh, this one's definitely better. That's the bike to buy. Uh, if you can afford it, um, with kids, if they are on a boat anchor that handles like a sunken galleon with six speeds and no low, no gear low enough to get up a hill without walking, they're not going to ride much. Right. So invest in a good bike. Uh, third, find a fun destination for the ride before returning home. Be that ice cream or something as mundane as getting Slurpees at 7-Eleven, a little treat will go a long way. I'm going to stop you there. There's nothing mundane about Slurpees. <laughs> I, yep, yep. It, I it was 7-Eleven day just this week. Oh. Mike and I have indoctrinated my, indoctrinated my children into the way of the Slurpee, and they both, independent of me, downloaded the stupid app that you have to have to go get free Slurpee for themselves on 7-Eleven day. Mm. And I missed it. Yeah. In my, in my sort of, um, chaotic, uh, uh, ethos, the, the Slurpee is, is like the sacrament in uh, other people's (laughs) churches, but go on. I'm sorry to interrupt. (laughs) Um, okay. Number four, this will probably seem obvious, but it bears saying, Set your own riding fun aside while out with your kids. Uh, This past weekend, uh, or rather last week, we rode at the mountain bike park, Duthie Hills in Issaquah, Washington. Been there. Yeah. Love that. Um, Yeah. I feel like I only began to scratch the surface. That place is an absolute delight. It is a place. uh, My friend Terry, uh, uh, former owner of Cascade Bicycle Studio um, and all around good guy took me there one day at the tail end of a long business trip on which I hadn't ridden. And he's like, I got to take you someplace. And we went there. And my takeaway about that spot in Issaquah was if you, if you asked any mountain biker to draw up their ideal place to ride, it would look an awful lot like that. Yeah. Yep, I'm not going to even begin to argue with that idea. Um, man, Matthew fell there a whole bunch. There were some tears, uh, but we still managed to kind of rescue a win out of it. He found this one trail that uh, there were lines he could go around the big stuff, but he could, there were no drops, so he could actually go over the bigger things. Um and, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he loved it. Um, there were a couple different little pump tracks. There are five drops to go off of, man. Um, when I led, I often did so to show one of my boys, usually Philip, uh, the best line to take either up or down. And then when I followed, I kept an eye on what they were doing and tried to make suggestions that they could actually hear. Um, but I'm their dad and uh, their hearing is selective. And in their eyes, sometimes the last place they want to get information would be dad. Um, with my older son, Philip, uh, I would challenge him a bit on the hills, per- putting down uh, not quite a firm pace, but just, you know, um, solid uh, and then pulling over to let him catch up. I probably stopped every hundred meters or so 
And man, that kid rolled up really quick. Um, and then I did the same thing on descents, um, only getting a bit ahead of him and then stopping to let him catch up. Um, it gave him repeated opportunities to see what my line was. Um, and so I never developed, you know, big, fast, swoopy runs on any of this stuff. But I get to take a, a couple of turns. Pretty fun. Um, but the big thing was, you know, I was giving him a chance to see what a good line looks like. And, you know, over the course of three hours, kid definitely got better at descending. Um, and I think I'm going to have to redefine my, my notion of what hero dirt is after having ridden there. Uh, mm. whatever I have previously believed hero dirt to be, um, I had no idea what I was talking it's about. It's way more heroic there. Well, oh if, my you gosh. know, you, what you've ridden, I would guess, has been much drier than the, the dirt there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. This was like modeling clay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, okay. My fifth suggestion. Um, this one may actually be the most important of the bunch. Find a way to make each ride a win for your kids. Um, as I've mentioned, this one has been really hard for me with my son, Matthew. He has no problem diving into a turn. Unfortunately, he has a really poor feel for traction. And I've had a very, very tough time trying to help him develop a feel for that. He turns in hard and goes down frequently. Um, he also has a tendency to look at stuff around him, you know, (laughs) that's kind of awesome, but he will look so intently at other things that he will veer off course. And then when he noticed things are going wrong, he will violently correct his line, which in loose gravel leads to bad things. Seems Um, accurate. (laughs) Matthew has way more losses than wins. And I really feel terrible about it, but neither one of us has given up. Um, what Matthew needs are, uh, 20 inch downhill tires pumped to about eight PSI, um, and nothing but pure hero dirt, uh, that or pure gravel surrounded by foam pits. Uh, sign me up too. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. And I mean, man, I am the last guy he wants to get advice from. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's. You know, just being able to get to the end of the ride and have the boys smile. That's all I'm really looking for. Yeah. You know, I, from the time we roll out to the time we get back, I don't really care what happens as long as I get smiles at the end. Yeah. Um, and it's it's never been very hard with Philip and it is routinely insanely difficult with Matthew. Well, um, I, what it sounds like to me is that Matthew is incredibly resilient. Uh, he, he is remarkably resilient. I mean, for a kid his age to fall down and get up and fall down and cry mm-hmm. and get up and keep going, I, I think that's remarkable. And I think if, you, if you've rounded that corner, uh, you know, don't take it for granted, but the signs are really good. 
Yeah, well, the big thing at this point, you know, in his particular case is that I've got to figure out some way to help him develop a feel for what a bike is really capable of. I'd offer that that's not actually a thing you can do. Well, that's yeah. That he uh, he he will figure it out or not. Uh, no, I disagree. He will figure it out given time. You know, uh when I coached kids sports, you know, you can give a kid so much instruction. You can give a kid too much instruction. Uh mm-hmm. but ultimately they have to it's repetition it's repetition and time and 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 you know to go to and i know you have more to say on this topic but (laughs) to go back to what you were saying at the beginning just to give them as many opportunities as possible uh that feel that walk away feeling like wins is key because that will propagate that will lead to more time yeah uh I mean, on those occasions where we've had a a ride that was definitely not a win in any way, shape or form, the next time I wanted to get Matthew out there, he was not having it. Right. Uh, So, you know, it has taken, you know, just loading bikes up and here we go. This is what we're going to do. Right. Um, You know, but yeah, things are improving. Um. And, uh, oh my gosh, my, my boys are growing like weeds. Uh, Matthew is outgrowing a 20 inch wheel bike and Philip is already growing out, outgrowing a 24 inch wheel bike. Yeah. So we're taking the next step up in wheel size. Actually, we're going to skip 26. It looks like, and go straight to 27.5. The, uh, my experience is that the pace of their growth is increases. <laughs> Yeah, I'm picking yeah. up on that. Uh, <laughs> looking at Philip in photos, it's like, how did this kid get so tall? Both my sons are taller than I am now, which I find oh. rude, if I'm <laughs> yes. honest with you. Yes, yes, yeah. that's unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, what else would you add? Um, uh, well, first of all, uh, let me say that this is fantastic, what you've laid out here. And we're going to turn this into a a post for the site so that people who don't listen to our dulcet tones weekly also get access to this information because this is fantastic. And it's a subject near and dear to my heart anyway. Um, It's also funny that uh, uh, tomorrow, which is today for everyone listening, well, maybe not everyone, but uh, the day (laughs) this this, uh, podcast appears, I have also written a thing about riding with people you love and how Mm. to do that, um, which is very different than what you've you've laid out here. but it's interesting that our minds are both in that same place. I don't know that I would add anything. I mean, I think you've nailed it. Uh, we could say be patient, but like th- that's like saying be tall. Um, you know, <laughs> you either have that card to play or you don't. Well, that's what the Wellbutrin is for. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it takes time and it takes defeats. And yeah. I would say that... Um, anyone undertaking this this kind of project is going to have defeats and i would just say to my advice would be 
put a put an end a close bracket on them as soon as you possibly can. Don't dwell on them. Don't revisit them with the your your child. Um, just go get ice cream. Shut the hell up and try again next time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. You know, one other thing that occurs to me, uh, just playing a little mental reel back in my head from uh, the best day we had of writing. If if the kids find something fun and kind of want to session it. Yeah. Session it until they are tired of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess we'll have to uh, amend uh, this so that you can put that into the post. Yeah. Uh, that was certainly something, you know, finding finding a spot that Matthew thought was fun and just letting him ride the hell out of that. Yeah. Um, you know, more time being fun is, uh, you know, that's its own kind of win. Yeah. I mean, and you made this point, but I'll reiterate it. This is not your ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not your ride. So, uh, accept that and, uh, live it as, as hard as you can, that it isn't yours, that it's theirs. Yeah. Um, it's it's so true. Uh, it's it's an easy mistake to make. Yes, I have made yeah. it. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, All righty. Moving right along. Uh, yes. Paceline picks. What do you have this week? OK, before I give this pick, I'm going to throw out some caveats, which I realize I do a lot, but I think it's important not just to flog product with these things uh, without giving specific guidance and context. So here goes. Do not wear these to a wedding. <laughs> do not travel in them. They can be your house. They can be in your house and in your car, but respect yourself and those around you. Fashion is not important, but it's not not important. Okay. <laughs> so when oh you put on your UFOs recovery sandals in clog, slide, or flip-flop format, just know that these are what the Germans call house-shua. <laughs> they stay in your home or in your car for when you're driving home from a ride or something. They cannot, like the Defeat Wooliator 5-inch sock in charcoal gray that I recommended <laughs> some time ago, be snuck into everyday work or life scenarios. Mm. This is a sideways heads up to all you public places Crocs wearers out there. <laughs> here's, here's the problem that I recognize. Ufos recovery footwear is stupid comfortable. It's so stupid comfortable, you're really going to want to wear these more. Mm. I shuffle around in mine constantly despite the fact they utilize a technology called UFOAM, which is a marketing copy nightmare. Seriously, guys, call me up. I can help you. Um, Post-ride, my two highest priorities are getting out of my chamois. Uh, note, note, saddle yeah. sore situation. Yeah. And getting out of my shoes. Sometimes I even daydream while I'm still riding about putting the UFOs on. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Sometimes You're I'm that like... You're guy. Yeah. 
I don't, huh. I, I don't choose it. I'm not happy about it, but sometimes I'm like, you know, a few hours in and I'm like, man, I can't wait <laughs> to get my fashion, fashionably abhorrible, abhorrent footwear on. Uh, wow. The company makes a bunch of claims about recovering faster, de-stressing your joints, etc. I don't care, really. They, they feel good. They just feel good on your feet. Um, and if you've reached an age where you value <laughs> foot comfort, um, then you, you would you would want to invest. The slides and sandals are fifty nine ninety five. I've had mine for three years and they've seen a lot of wear. You should get some. But I, I if I see you at the airport wearing them, no Cinnabon for you. <laughs> Okay. Wow. If you if you think to yourself, I can put on a sock, a pair of socks, and get away with this. Sorry, no. Well, socks with any sort of sandal type object are pretty universally a bad idea. It's true. What, what I find, and my and my kids, uh, the the youths of today, uh, the the millennials are wearing socks with sandals, unironically, um, and you know. Generally, I think the youth is to be paid attention to. But in this case, oh, my God. Uh, you know, they they have taken all of our uh, conventions and customs and said, Bleh. yeah. And I, I do I do dig that about them. You know, I, I, I do, too. It's as it's as amusing as almost every time my kids say, hey, dad, do you know this song? <laughs> <laughs> As oh, a wow. matter of fact, I do, but go on, play it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. My pick this week is the Silka HX1 Home Essential Kit. They didn't stick the word tool in there because by the time you're looking at that page on their website, uh, it's obvious that it's tools. I think it should be the Home Essential Tool Kit. Yeah. Uh, since Silka's relaunch a few years back, Everything they have produced has been absolutely top shelf. Uh, the kit comes with Allen keys that have been hardened uh, to S2 and have a chrome-like finish with a red polymer grip so you can hang on to them if you are perhaps a bit sweaty or a lot sweaty. Yes. Can I stop you there? You said yes. hardened to S2 as that if is, we all know what S2 is. It. it it is a uh, it is a technical de designation of hardness uh, that is uh, well crazy hard, hard. <laughs> super hard. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, I don't know how many things are harder or softer. I do know that these are the hardest Allen keys I have ever used in my life. Is S one harder or is S three harder? Don't know. Haven't I just am going to start using this in my daily yep. conversation. So I wanted to know, but I, I interrupted you. Go on. That's reasonable. Okay. So the wrenchers are L shaped and uh, they have a ball end on the long side. And the sizes included are two, two and a half, three, four, five, six, eight, and 10 millimeter. Plus the six millimeter has a quarter inch adapter for Torx bits T. Eight, T10, T15, T20, T25, and T30, 
I think I've only used the T20 and T25. Mm -hmm. uh, plus screwdriver bits, PH1, PH2, SL4, and SL5. What those mean are the two different Phillips heads bits yeah. and then two different sizes of standard screwdriver bits. Mm -hmm. It all comes in a very handsome machined beechwood box uh, that is hinged. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. I, honestly, they have a travel tool set for anybody who's, you know, hightailing it around the world. Uh, this is not that set. But even though it's not meant as a travel set, I slipped it into the back pocket behind the driver's seat uh, before our trip. And they were readily at hand anytime I needed a wrench for something, which every time we rode, I needed uh, both five and a six for all the through axles. Mm -hmm. um, why my evil needs both a five and a six. The, the rear through axle is a five. The front one is a six. That's dumb. <laughs> whoever, whoever spec that um, needs a, I don't know, a white glove across the face. <laughs> Uh, relative to my needs for the trip, which is to say I didn't pull out a bottom bracket or anything. It had everything I needed. I was never at a loss. Uh, and there were a couple times when I moved a, a disc brake and needed Torx bits for that. This is not a cheap set of tools at $149, but these are unquestionably the best quality Allen wrenches I own. And I own a bunch. Mm. Um, what I've got invested in tools, I'd prefer not to think about anytime something is stuck and I want to make sure of a precise fit and a wrench that won't get rounded. These are the ones I go for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there will be a link in our show notes, but uh, man, among things I recommend, if somebody's willing to drop some money for real tools, you cannot do better than these. If you if you ride bikes and you're going to ride bikes as long as you possibly can, I mean, I would spend the money on the tools because, you know, these sorts of things like, you know, you were talking about having only used the T20 and T25 Torx bits. But when I fixed my dryer uh, last year, I used the other ones. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, like bike tools aren't just bike tools, uh, and no. having, having the, the good right tools makes a big difference. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. So, all righty. Um, you got anything fun coming up this weekend? Um, well, I'm hoping that I can get clear of my, um, saddle, uh, soreness issue so that I can do some tune up riding. Cause I'm going to Wales in 10 days. Mm. Uh, listeners will likely get sick of hearing me talk about it. So I won't say too much more now, but I'm really hoping to get my, my chamois situation in order. What do you, what do you got up? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just going to do some rides with the boys. Uh, I'm going to focus on that for this weekend. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, my, my riding is taking a real backseat right now, um, to other things. Uh, we will likely have a show next week, but we may not have a show for either of the two weeks after that. We might have one in there depending on what we can manage with our production schedule. So just to let you know about that. Alrighty, uh, send us some questions. If you've got an idea, please drop by the Cycling Independent and put a suggestion in the comments. We hope you've enjoyed the show. 
And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with John Lewis. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.